Welcome to the first episode of the Bruins Benders Podcast presented by Anchor. You can catch us on Twitter. Follow us at Bruins Benders. And you can email us, BruinsBenders at gmail.com. I am Maddie, and my co-host is a devout Bruins fan, Smitty. Thank you. I am. A, you are I devout. Am. I am. I've been a Bruins fan uh, pretty much since I can remember. Yes. My whole entire life. In, yeah. Yelling at the TV. My mom used to. When I was little, I used to watch TV downstairs on a little black and white, you know, TV 38. Yeah. And I would scream at the TV as like an eight-year-old or whatever. <laughs> you know, why, are you pa- why aren't you passing? You know, <laughs> right. sh- shoot on the power play, like right. all that stuff. Yeah. And my mother would be like, if you don't stop yelling, I'm not going to let you watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> and it's carried on. It has. <laughs> and then in high school age, you started firing your hat at the television. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, you did that. And now you just swear belligerently. <laughs> I do at the television. I do at Trent Frederick and Carson Coleman and Anton Bleed and, and all Connor Clifton. Connor Clifton, who's your whipping boy, and we'll talk about that later. But this is the first episode of the Bruins Benders podcast, and you can catch us uh, every week. We'll drop the episodes on Wednesday nights, and we'll talk Bruins hockey and have all sorts of cool segments and guests, and it'll be tons of fun. The Bruins are now four games in, three and one on the season. They had the one stinker in Philadelphia. They did. Uh, opening night win against the Dallas Stars and have actually knocked off a couple of undefeateds. They have. Yeah, they did. They, did. they knocked off the San Jose Sharks most recently with a 4-3 to three win, win, and they held on. on for dear life. <laughs> held Jesus. on for dear life. Yeah, it's a typical Bruins, uh, typical Bruins matinee game. You know, start out hot, score a bunch of goals, go out 4-1, to one, and then almost implode. Yeah. They yeah. really, really looked like they wanted to give it away at the end. They, they really almost re- did. They re- yeah, they almost did. But, you know, held on. A win is a win is a win, as, as Jack Cox used to say. <laughs> right. So, a win, uh, so it is a win. We'll, uh, we'll take it and, and run. Yes. Run, we will run, run away. Like the win. So they're 3-1 uh, and one on the season, beating the Dallas Stars at home in the season opener, losing to the Philadelphia Flyers 6-3, to three, a game in which the defense was exposed, and we'll talk about that as we go forward. Uh, obviously, Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick have been uh, bright spots mm-hmm. as a pairing. Uh, people have their different opinions on Grizzlick. I'm one who doesn't love the extended mi- minutes for him over an 82-game season. Uh, and I think they need to mix and match there and, and take some of the load off of him just because of his size. And He's an excellent skater, and he's a very good player. Uh, but I think when you get into that 22, 24 minutes per game, that may be a little bit difficult for Matty. Yeah, I think he can get worn down a little bit and and beat up a little bit, uh, especially come playoff time. In the regular season, you might be able to ride that pairing a little more frequently than you could come playoff time, where the minutes are a little bit harder, especially if he's going to be on the first pair playing, you know, like you said, 20, 24 minutes. That's that's probably too too heavy a load for him come the playoffs. So regular season is probably all right. You know, maybe you mix it in a little bit with Forbort, Forbort, Forbert, to keep him fresher. Seabert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy's name is gonna kill me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forbort. Forbort. Is yes. that what it is? Forbort. No, it's spelled, and that's how it sounds. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, so but we want to do uh, we want to do a quick predictions for the season. We're starting a little bit. The season already started. You know, what do you think? What do you? What's your take on the team for this year? Where do you think they end up? My take is second in the division. 
and a second round exit. I think this is a typical team that they've had in the last couple of years here. I think they get into the playoffs. I think that they're just too talented not to get into the playoffs. Uh, looking at the competition, you know, Lightning and Maple Leafs and so forth. Uh, I say that they are in the playoffs and that they win the first round and that they lose in the second round unless I just still think it's a flawed team in the defensive pairings, especially the second two pair. I like Brandon Carlo and he's fine. But other than that, defensively, you have a real struggle with them with the Mike Riley's and the Connor Clifton's and the Derek Forbort's and, and all these guys uh, coughing the puck up. And, and we've already seen it early in the season. And I think that continues on. And in the playoffs, you just can't do that in the, you know, in the playoffs against good teams. The puck will be in the net. And their goaltending, although I'm not 100% concerned, they have a rookie goaltender and a goaltender who played on a bad team and doesn't have a lot of experience. So unless Tuka Rask comes back and solidifies that some, that's always going to be something you have to at least keep an eye on. So those two things, defense, you know, if you have some deficiencies in your defense and inexperienced goaltending, well, that's a recipe for a disaster. It's not a recipe for a Stanley Cup contender. No. So I'm with you on that. I think, I think they probably finish second or third in the division. I think Tampa will right the ship. They've struggled a little bit early on here. But I think Florida is excellent. And Toronto obviously has tons of offensive talent. They kind of have similar issues to the Bruins with less defense than the Bruins have. Yes. <laughs> and right. worse goaltending than Which the Bruins Which is saying have. something. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're in that same thing, two, three range. And I think probably they win the first round matchup against whoever, you know, comes in second or third and then probably lose Toronto. Yeah. And probably lose to either the lightning or Florida in the second round. Right. All right. So crazy, bold prediction. This is an out, out of bounds kind of prediction that you have that maybe a little people say, boy, that's uh, that's a little crazy, a little bold. And I will start with my prediction. I, I'm going to predict that Jake DeBrusque scores 25 goals this year. I mean, that's bold, but it's not, it's not crazy out of the realm of possibility right. because it's happened before. Yes, but he's playing on a, essentially on a third line. Right. So that, you know, less minutes mm-hmm. than typical top yep. two lines. Uh, so less minutes to score that many goals. Yeah. Uh, he's off to a very good start with two goals. Yeah. Looks to be getting, you know, his two goals are the types of goals you want to see from Jake. Absolutely. Uh, a little more jump. Even his teammates have talked about how he's sort of playing with a different kind of, in a different mode, more toward what he was, you know, two, three years ago. Obviously struggled with the pandemic yeah. in his mental framework there and had a hard time with it. And he's a young guy, you know, uh, hold up in a, in a, pandemic situation, a bubble situation, really struggled with it, uh, and then didn't play well, and I think it snowballed on him. Now he's got a fresh start. He's got a couple of goals. He's playing on a line. You know, I know Nick Foligno's hurt, but he's playing on a line with a couple of guys who really hunt the puck, play hard all the time. I think he will follow suit with them uh, as long as it's a consistent line with, with Jake and, and a Nick Foligno and an Eric Haller. So I think he's in a good spot, pressures off on the third line. Mm-hmm. Some, and I think he's in a good spot to have uh, a really good year, and I'll go 25 goals. I think Nick Felino is, I'm all in on Nick Felino. Yeah. He's hurt, but, uh, but I love him. Yeah. And I think, I think he will keep Jake honest and mm-hmm. working. I love him being part of that line because I, I do think that Jake is going to have a good year, surrounded by a couple of veteran guys. So my bold prediction is Brad Marchand 
is going to win the Hart Trophy. You know what? He's going to be league MVP. As good as Marchand is, and as much as the league recognizes him, it's weird. At the same time, they don't really recognize him enough as a top player in the league. They don't. Most of the league still considers him a dirty greaseball player. And I think that that's partly his fault. Oh, It absolutely is his fault. And it's also an issue where for a time there, he wasn't really putting up a, you know, and we put up a, a good amount of points, but not a ton to get Hart Trophy recognition. But in the last couple, in the last few years, we, we saw the stat about the last seven years, he had the second most goals. Second most goals behind Ovechkin. Behind Ovechkin. I mean, that's legitimate. In the entire league, yeah. So I, and, and for what he means to the team and the top line, and I know Parsonak scores a ton of goals and Bergeron's a very dependable player, but Marshan's the kind of the guy that makes that thing go. He is. And he's, a, he's more of a playmaker. He does a little bit more than Bergeron, a little bit more than Pasternak, and that he's a playmaker. He will make plays due to the way he plays. And he wins a ton of puck he does. I mean, he win. I mean, he can handle the puck. Very rarely does someone just take the puck from him. Right. The only time is if he's trying to do too much. Right. He does tend to try to do too much. It's prone for some turnovers here and right. there. Especially inside the blue line. Yeah. He tries to make a move. But as far as playmaking, I mean, the other night they had a goal, uh, the very first goal of the game. You know, it was just Pasternak scores. It was just like, that's how they play. Yeah. Like and they're really hard goal. to play against. He's just so complete. He does it, in, you know, on the power play, shorthanded. I mean, he's what he leads the NHL in shorthanded goals over yeah. the last, you know, whatever, 10 years. Doesn't he have I, the record for Bruins? Does he has a record, record for Bruins. Right. He might All have the time. I don't know what the league record is, but he, he no, has he close, close. To, close to 30, I think. Yeah, he does. Um, he does it in all zones, in all five-on-five, five, the whole thing. So. Well, he put penalty kills. Yeah. I mean, he's a terrific penalty killer, he and is. he's a threat he is. penalty kill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think Bergeron, de- I mean, sorry, Marchand definitely deserves heart consideration if he continues to play. He has seven points already in the four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he continues on that pace, I think he's right up there, and I think he should get consideration. And I think you're right. I think the league... Almost doesn't want him to have it. No, I mean, they want it to be McDavid or the big stars. McKinnon, Matthews. Matthews. They want the big stars, Ovechkin. And Marshan has been an under the radar star Mm -hmm. and not really marketed as a superstar, but he's a superstar. He is a superstar. He really is. Absolutely. And he was a a lower pick that kind of came along his rookie year. Of course, they win the cup. Yeah. I mean, he was playing Um, fourth line at the start of the season and then. And then had a tremendous amount of goal, you know, tremendous production in the Stanley Cup run. And he's a big game player. I mean, he scores in the postseason. He does it all in the postseason as well. He had that horrible turnover against the Blues. Oh, yeah. Which was, you know, really backbreaking. But again, I mean, for all that he does, I mean, that's the way he plays. And more often than not, he'll, he'll try to make a play and it'll work. Sometimes he tries to make a play and it doesn't and it, and it may hurt you. But I think it's... You know, it's more so that if he if he tries to make those plays, then when they do work, they're like you know you they really jump out at you like oh, wow that's a unbelievable play uh, because he, he 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 at least tries to make those plays and he's he's matured he doesn't really do a lot of the dumb stuff anymore and I mean we're four or five years removed from all that stupid stuff he's had a pretty good track record lately of not crossing the line I mean he'll still be pesky. And he'll still... Oh, he'll chirp the hell out of you. He'll chirp you, and he'll give you a little, you know, cross-check to the ribs or whatever. But 
He yeah, doesn't do what he used to do. No, I mean, the, the cross check to the ribs is is what everybody does in all yeah. the game. I mean, everybody right. does that. That's well, he why had one the other night, didn't he? Was it that, the Sharks game? That's why the referees got the directive to crack down on that because everybody right. cross checks everybody. Everybody in right ribs. in the lower back. Yeah. Like, boom. Uh, and it deadens you a little bit. And, and yeah. he did it the other day against the Sharks. I yeah, think it was did. the beginning of the game. Yeah, that's how he goes. That's how he won that's the how goal. Yeah. So he, he's learned where the line is for the most part. And he's a terrific player. And I and I agree. I mean, I think it could really be a year where he does. And I'll tell you what, if he does, if he's in consideration and does win it, that means the Bruins have had a really good year. And that means that they're they're right there. Yeah. If, if he's if he's if he's that good, they they probably do better than both of us thought. Yes, absolutely. Because then he has because he's gonna need them to be that good yeah. to get the consideration again. Right. Right. Because they just don't want him to have it. So we can review. We'll go back to the first game of the year. Dallas Stars opening night, three to one win. Jake scores. Which yeah. was a big one. Yeah. And you know, overall uh, they dominated the Dallas Stars for the most part. They in did that game. They did. Dominated. Marchand scored. I mean, they were they were good in that. Swayman was excellent. Yes. So that was something though. Swayman getting the yeah, first. Swayman start. getting the start was surprising to me only because of a couple of reasons. One, Linus Almark got the four year, five million dollars per year deal, which is a pretty good deal for a goalie that isn't really proven. It was the second biggest goalie deal on the market in the right. offseason. And he made more than like the Holpies and those guys had yeah. in the past. So it was a pretty big deal, and they had to because Tuka Rask sort of jumped ship. Well, he had the injury thing, right? He had the yeah. injury, and then and also I don't they were unsure about his future, right? So they had to go out and get a guy, and they were caught in between. They had two rookie goalies. They since traded Daniel Fladar, but they had the two rookie goalies at the time and didn't really know where to go from there. So they took on Allmark just as a security blanket. And I think they were pleasantly surprised at the way Jeremy Swayman. Continue to play in the preseason. And then Swayman gets the start and plays really well. Problem was in game two against Philadelphia, he was not very good. No, he was not good at all. There were a number of plays in that game, especially after the Bruins fought back. Bruins fell down early, down 3-1. They fight back to tie it 3-3 going into the third. And then, I don't know, a minute into the third, he gives up a pretty savable shot, goal 4-3, and then it just snowballed and the Bruins lost 6-3. That was a disappointing result for them. And Swayman uh, did not play well at all. Uh, in game three, they were able to bounce back, get the win. And it was Linus Almark who got the start and had 35 saves and 36 shots. And he played excellent. That's kind of the book on him when he was in Buffalo was, you know, he got a lot of volume, saw a lot of shots. Made, of course. <laughs> and, and made a lot of high danger. Like, I think he was t- tops in like high danger, right. save, per- save percentage and five on five save percentage. Right. Um, because he saw a shitload of <laughs> I did. Shitload of rubber. So, and he had a bad team in front of him. So I think yeah. the Bruins were kind of banking on the fact that, you know, with their defensive system, he would know where the shots are coming from. The shots would be more from the outside, not as much high danger. In the preseason, he kind of struggled, but he was hurt at the end of last year. And I think people kind of forget that. Mm-hmm. So he didn't play a lot of hockey at the end of the season. So he was still kind of getting back going a right. little bit in right. the preseason and, right. and still trying to find his game a little bit. And um, he was excellent in, in that game three. And I think that um, with Allmark, wasn't he nine and six with Buffalo? He was a terrible. He had a, he, team. Had a, he had a winning record with that <laughs> yes. with that terrible. I team. mean, it just so he had a difficult preseason. Didn't play very well, and I think it was good. I think they did the right thing. And then Allmark comes in and does really well in the third game, and then that leads to Game Four. Allmark plays in Game Four, and they beat San Jose Sharks. They go up three nothing, and they play extremely well in the first half of the, at least the first half of the game. Uh, they give up a goal. 
that was kind of a, a bad angle shot that should have been saved. And then they go up 4-1, to one, and it looks like they're going to sort of sail to the victory. San Jose comes in 4-0, and oh, beat Montreal 5 nothing. Like, we're really playing extremely well. And the Bruins pounced on him early, which isn't typical of matinee games. For the no, Bruins. no, that was that was <laughs> at all the exact opposite of how the Bruins play in right. matinees. Usually, they usually are sleepy. Yeah. They start slow. They get behind early. This game, they came out and they were jumping from the get go. Had tremendous energy mm. early on. Jump out to a three nothing lead. Uh, like you said, three one on a bad angle shot. Kind of, kind of got the Sharks back alive but the second and third goals were both on deflections yes Cassidy actually didn't think they played that bad in the third he thought they thought they were okay on the third and that the Sharks are just good at tips and stuff like that which I mean they are historically yes but I didn't see it really the same way as Cassidy did here's the problem with the whole wasn't that the issue last year and the last couple of years where teams are getting more deflected goals than the Bruins Bruins don't get a lot of deflected goals you know they don't have a lot of traffic in front of the net. And, other te- and, and one of the problems that the Bruins have had over the years, or the last couple of years anyway, and last year was definitely a problem, was that they allow people to stand in front of the net and get those tip goals. And Cassidy even said at the end of last year when they were eliminated, we didn't get enough goals in front of the net, enough deflections, enough traffic, enough bodies in front of the goaltender. And one of the things about the defensive core with this team is they don't defend that well. Like they kind of allow guys front of the net and a guy like Brandon Carlo I think he does that he's doing that better and better I mean he's trying to be physical in front of the net but for the most part they've got to be better at making it a clear path to the goaltender so that they don't fall into that trap the only one that I see that does well in front of the net on the Bruins is McAvoy because he actually ties up the other guy's stick no one else on the team ties up the other guy's stick right they just let him stand in there Mm -hmm. And the stick's free to do whatever it wants. Tip goals, whack somebody in the back, cross-check somebody, right. give them a cup check, whatever. <laughs> right. But right. McAvoy actually, when the shot starts to come through, he actually ties up the stick of the, right. of the opponent. I, I, I agree. Uh, so they win game four, uh, four to three. They hang on for dear life. Actually, there was, a def- there was like a, a pinball puck in front of the net with about 40 seconds, 45 seconds left that didn't, I thought was going in. Yeah, didn't Carlo make a save, too? I, th- I think it was, was it Carlo who kind of was in the way? Yeah, I think so. And, I think, uh, I think one of the, the puck def- out of there. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the defensemen made a save late. So that was, uh, it wasn't a great end to the game for them. And like you said, Cassidy thought they played okay in the third. I didn't think they played very well at all Mm-mm. to finish the game, and they can't do that going forward for sure. So a segment we're going to do every week is a whipping boy segment. And this is where somebody and I have always had a guy who all year long irritates the, the hell out of us. Yeah. There's always been a guy that we kind of ride all season yeah, long. Can't do anything right. Can't do anything right. <laughs> in, our, in our eyes. Right. In I mean, eyes. In, in other yeah. people's eyes, they may, be, they may be good, fine players. Right. You know, they have families. People right. like them. But, I, but <laughs> you will throw your hat at the television when this guy does something wrong. Yeah. So my whipping boy this season uh, <laughs> and for previous seasons is Connor Clifton. Cliffy hockey to me is a made up term of some random asshole just skating around and not necessarily doing much of anything. Right. 
He's beer league hockey, Cliffy Hockey. Yeah. He's just skate around out of position. Finds himself out of position all the time. He does. And he can't really skate that well, so he'll pivot, fall down, you know, yes. get up, throw a hit, chip a puck, turn it over. And he doesn't really give you much offensively. No. So I really don't know what he gives you. I was so happy the other night when he was scratched and John Moore got into the game. And I thought Moore actually played pretty well. He did. But they benched Moore and put Clifton back put, in. Right, put him right back For whatever right reason, back in. Cassidy loves Connor Clifton. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think it's the nickname. It might be Cliffy Hockey. Might be the whole thing. But it, as it a drives, third it pair, drives me fucking crazy. He, he and Derek Forbort look like me and you. <laughs> Out there on the ice. Couple of benders. Yeah, a couple of benders for sure. I mean, we look like we look like a deer on ice, but baby deer on ice. But that Connor Clifford will get out of position. And like you said, not do much offensively. The one saving grace he had was that Washington series in the playoffs where all of a sudden he played great. And he didn't get out of his position, and he played within himself, and he was fine. But for whatever reason... Maybe it's when he gets confident, he just gets out of sorts. We're going to check in on our whipping boys. So, so far this season, I'm going to, I'll give you the stat line. Okay. Connor Clifton, three games, okay. one assist, minus one, two pims, five shots. And one healthy scratch. And one healthy scratch. Yeah, you Thank go. you very much. So that, that, sort of, that sort of ties into what you're saying. Uh, whipping boy for me, for the love of God, is Trent Frederick. <laughs> And I will say that the Bruins fans, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because... Oh, you know like, the reason. I know, I know the reason. You know the reason. Because he fights, you know, he'll get into you, you know, he'll play the rugged game and all that stuff. He fights and we need Trent Frederick. And let me tell you something. He has played now. What does he play? This year he has four games. He has zero goals, one assist, and a minus one, five pims. He had a fight he lost and looked bad at it. And he has five shots on goal, which is fine, more than I thought he'd ever have. Yeah. 12 hits, which is the most on the team tied with Thomas Nosek, which is fine. My problem with Bruins fans who love Trent Frederick, he needs to get in there. He's the only guy who fights. Well, he fought, and he lost. Okay, so that's, that's fine if you want to fight. Connor Clifton can do that. He's willing to fight, and he'll yeah. lose every fucking fight. Yeah, he will. So that's, that's not good. And the second thing is, these people, the same Bruins fans, are complaining about the secondary scoring in the bottom six not having enough production. Mm-hmm. So who are you putting out there? A guy who does not produce, mm-hmm. who will not produce. Mm-hmm. He has seven points in 63 games. That is 19 games shy of a full season. He has seven points. So he's my whipping boy. Trent Frederick. I'm with you 100% on, on Frederick. And I, you know what? I want Trent Frederick to do well. It wasn't his fault he was a first-round pick. That's, that's the organization's fault for, yeah. for not scouting properly, mm-hmm. which we can get into. But they don't scout properly, so we'll, they, they see this guy as a Bruin. We'll get into that. Down and the they line. sign him first, and they, they draft him first round. That's not his fault, and I get that. If he was a fourth-rounder, okay, fine. But he's a first-round pick, which is bad. And now, I don't know what it is. Bruins fans, some of them are just locked into the late seventies, early eighties, where you just fight all the time. Well, they, uh, I mean, that's that's the glory, that's the glory years of the team. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I, big, I bad get Bruins. it. Yeah, the big bad Bruins. I get it. That's the identity of the team that you want to have. That's not the league now. That's not, it just doesn't happen anymore. That's not the league now at all. Nope, it isn't. So uh, Trent Frederick is my weapon boy. So we'll keep an eye on him. So again, four games, one assist for one point, minus one, five pims, twelve hits. Five shots on goal. But he can't skate like you've mentioned before. He can't. He's not a very good skater. So another segment we'll do, beauties and benders. So we'll do three beauties, guys who played extremely well in the last week, and yeah. three benders, essentially guys who can't skate. 
Essentially, guys, <laughs> guys that are, are like you and me. Yeah, they stunk up the joint. Beauties for me. So my number three beauty, I will go Charlie Coyle, the second line center. That was a big need. Krejci gone. I think people were giving him kind of a lot of shit. They have. Oh, sure they have. That he couldn't do the job of, right. of being the second line. Right. Like that he couldn't fill in and, and fill that role. So far, so good. Four games, goal, two assists, three points. A beauty pass to Nosek for a goal. Oh, for a really yeah. nice play. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful play. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's, he's had his legs moving. I mean, he came off a knee surgery last year. That was kind of what was holding him back in my eyes. So he's my number three. Number two, Thomas Nosek. So far, has been a fantastic addition. Yes. Like you said, tied for the team lead in hits. Scored a beautiful goal off the feed from Coyle on that tic-tac-toe play with Hall, too. He has a goal and assist, two points in four games, plus three, tied for the team lead with McAvoy. He's been great. My number one beauty's got to be Marchand. Four games, seven points, four goals, three assists, plus right. three. He's been everything you could possibly hope for like a heart trophy winner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree. Absolutely. So who are, you, who are your three? I like uh, my, my three beauties. Uh, number three is Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy in four games has two assists and a, a plus three in four games. Seven shots on goal, which, yeah. which we like to see from McAvoy because I've said before, and I'll say it again, need more offense if he's going to be worth nine and a half million dollars. He had the great pass to Hall. Oh, too, he did. The, to, the stretch pass. The stretch yeah, pass. that was terrific. So McAvoy... On a team that with a defense hasn't played great for some of the time, uh, McAvoy has solidified that along with Mac Grizzlick. So I like uh, McAvoy, number three. Number two, I like Jake DeBrusque. I mean, Jake has come in mm. and, and played much better with more confidence, uh, more grease to his game. Scored a, His first goal was the type of goal you want, pick up a loose puck in the slot, fire it home. Uh, and he can shoot the puck if he gets in the proper spots. So he has two goals. Uh, and he has six shots on goal in four games, and I think he's been noticeable, which is good. I like to see the hits. You know, he only has three hits. I like to see that a little bit more. But you know, he's been around the net, and he's been noticeable. And if Jake is noticeable, then he will score. Uh, so that's good. And then uh, number one, uh, I'm with you, Brad Marchand. Like you said, could be a Hart Trophy candidate if he continues to keep it up, and, and should have been in the past. Four games, four goals, three assists, seven points. Has nine shots on goal in four in four goals. <laughs> yeah. uh, nine shots. Uh, he can obviously one of the best shooters of the puck. Mm-hmm. There is that first goal against the Sharks was a snipe, uh, caught it in the slot mm. on a nice play by Bergeron to dig it out yeah. and fired it home. Like you know, he can play. So it's uh, so I like Marchand as my beauty there. Three three benders. benders. Okay, here we go. My bender number three, Craig Smith. Face. You're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. Disappointing. Injured, three games, minus two. Just hasn't really been there. Hasn't really done anything. Haven't really noticed him all that much. No. You know, a couple of little glimpses here and there, but, you know, I think maybe whatever's injured him is bothering him a little bit. Uh, he's my number three. Number two, I'll go four, Bort. Face it. You're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. Even though he scored a goal the other night, uh, he has two assists. He's turned the puck over at a pretty alarming rate so far to me. <laughs> um, he is definitely uh, on the list. I, I'd like to see him uh, get better. Um, and obviously, my whipping boy is number one, Connor Clifton. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Right. Um, he had a healthy scratch. So, I mean, how good can you be playing? Right. <laughs> you right. A, that's almost automatic. <laughs> if you had a healthy scratch. Right. No, that's true. My bender's uh, number three. Uh, is Craig Smith as well. Face it, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. 
It was really disappointing. I know he might have been dinged up a little bit, but he had that one game where when he was on the ice 5-on-5 five five for seven and a half minutes, that the Sabres went 24-1 to one in shots. Yeah, that's, that's not, unbelievable. That's not very good. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. And he was sitting, and I remember you watching the game with me saying, who is out because the line is all mixed up every time. There's different guys on the ice together. And it was Smith. We couldn't figure it out. Um, and it was Smith who was yeah. sitting a lot. Uh, so he was, he's my number three on that. Uh, Trent Frederick, my whipping boy. Face it, you're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. Is number two. And only because, look, he's a fourth liner, so you can't expect too much from him. But still, lost a fight. It really isn't, I mean, he's, he has 12 hits, but it just doesn't seem like he's doing all much. And when he gets the puck, I mean, it's an immediate turnover. He just yeah. doesn't do much for the puck no. at all. He's just not skilled much at all. Uh, so that's a real. And, the, and my number one is, uh, and I know this is going to be really awful of me, but Anton Bleed. Face it, you're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. My f- <laughs> friggin' Christ. Can, you, can we stop with Anton? 2015 was when he entered the team. He played in 2016-17. He has 38 games. He had, at the time, 38 games. Now he has 39 games. And he has, you know, three points in his career. In his career for 39 games. I mean, Anton Bleed can't do anything. And he's out there. He's not physical. I mean, he had, what do you have, two hits? Two hits in one game. What, two hits. He doesn't do anything. in eight minutes of ice time. And it's the biggest waste of eight minutes since I had sex. I mean, it's the biggest waste of eight minutes. Yeah. So that's not, uh, that's not someone that you can roll with, and I think it's time. Again, classic case of the Bruins hanging on to an old draft pick that just can't play. He can't play. So let's stop with the Anton Bleed thing. Those are my three benders, so we don't, we don't want them at all. Top seven power rankings. Yeah, we're going to do a power rankings every week. Yeah. Every week we're going we're gonna to rank them. We're going we're gonna to do it up. Okay, so seven. I think sneaking in at seven of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Big, big win tonight over yeah. the Lightning for them. Yep. Four, one, and one. Yeah. I think they sneak in at number seven. I, li- I, like, them. I like them an awful lot, actually. Yeah, number six was, uh, I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Lost to the Bruins, but started 4-0, started white hot, almost came back to win that game against the Bruins. They did, and, they, and they've played uh, the majority of their games so far on the road. Yeah. 1-0 at home, 3-1 and on the road. That's a, that's a pretty good yeah. road trip for them. Absolutely. Maybe you're Boston Bruins. Yeah, Boston Bruins at five. At number five? Yeah, three, beat, three they, and one. Yeah, they beat San Jose. They uh, did. They beat Buffalo. Yeah, two undefeateds at the time. And then they had that stinker against the Flyers, which drops them down some. Yeah. But I think so, five is a good yeah. spot for you're them. You're Boston Bruins at number five. And then we'll go uh, number four. I hate to do this, but uh, St. Louis Blues. <laughs> yes. St. Louis Blues at 4-0. Oh. 4-0 and, oh and, and have looked really good. They have. <laughs> They've they looked have. really good. I mean, they, they have. They're 22 and 11 as goals for and against, and they've played extremely well, so they're fourth. Number three, you know what? I'm going to say at number three are going to be the Edmonton Oilers. They're 5 and 0, uh, and they've played extremely well uh, to start the season. They are uh, 24, and thir- 24 to 13 goals for, goals against, and have really played really well. And here's a team that just never seemed to know how to win, and have come out really well in the beginning of the season. So that's number three, Edmonton Oilers. Number two, Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean they're five and zero. Oh. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Sebastianikov, Tarovainen, usual suspect for them. They're pretty dangerous as a group offensively, yeah. and they have a deep defense. They uh, do. Their only question, really, I think, is goaltending. Right. 
And, um, it, and it continues to be a question. Yeah. And then your, your number one is the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Florida Panthers, 6-0, 27-12 oh, goals for to against. They play the Boston Bruins on Wednesday night. On Wednesday night. So yeah. that's going to be a big one. And then the Bruins have, uh, we're getting a little, Carolina. Ahead, a little ahead of ourselves to the week ahead. Right. Um, but yeah, Carolina, Carolina on Thursday. And then they have the Panthers again on Saturday at home. They do. Tough stretch coming yeah, up. There's three undefeated, yeah. essentially. So those are our top seven power rankings. So now we're doing, we're bottom, doing bottom three. Bottom three. Not to the worst until the very end. Right. Okay. 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 So your your 30th uh, <laughs> 30th place right. is your Arizona Coyotes because uh, they stink. Yep. They lost tonight to Florida. Your 31st is your Chicago Blackhawks. Which are a dumpster fire. It is. So they have all kinds of front office issues with, yeah, with, the, the, oh, with, the, with, the, with the sexual yes. harassment, kind yeah. of whatever, bad office working environment kind right. of thing. That whole thing, you know, they get Taves back, so you think maybe they turn the corner a little bit and they get uh, Mark Andrew Fleury in a trade. Yep. Solid. Then they go out and give Seth Jones. Oh, my God. Nine and a half million dollars. Yes. Seth Jones. Seth Jones. He stinks. He stinks. He did. He stinks. And, and they gave him a huge contract. Yeah. And you know what? It's paid him off as zero wins. Zero. Zero wins. No, they're bad. They're and bad. They're bad. And not only that, did you see the other night where the coach at the end of the game gave the clipboard to the te- to the players on the ice, and they were drawing up the final play, which wow. didn't work. But he handed it over. Wow. To the players. Okay. So the so the Chicago Blackhawks, the, how the mighty have fallen in the mid. You know, 2010s, 2013, yeah. I mean, I was, they, they were a wagon. They were a wagon. Yeah. They were terrific. Yeah. And now they are not good. And they wasted a lot of the Patrick Kane, J- Jonathan Taves years yeah. being bad. And, and our final... Our f- <laughs> so, the, so the final pick, yeah. uh, 32nd, worst yeah. team in the league, Montreal Canadiens. Oh, the Montreal Canadiens, who in six games have scored 10 goals. And it won a game they, after they, going 0-5. Yeah, they have won a game. So yeah. they probably should be above the other two. But, but I don't care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so Montreal yeah. is last. They will be last until they get above 500, I think. Or maybe even beyond. I don't think so. Yeah. So they are, they in, are in, in, in my In my power rankings, Montreal will be 32nd, even if they are above the Bruins in the standings. Yes. Okay. I'm in agreement with that. That's fine. We can leave them right there. <laughs> and we can continue to announce them as the 32nd worst team in the league. Uh, week ahead, as we said earlier, Florida Panthers on Wednesday on the road in Florida. Yeah. Florida 6-0. and Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov are terrific players. They're fantastic players, and they're both extremely underrated they players. They are. They are. I don't think many people know Sasha Barkov at all. Right. Uh, although he just signed a gigantic deal to remain in Florida. I was kind of hoping that he wouldn't because yeah. I, I was kind of hoping he'd end up on the Bruins. But he signed an eight-year, $80 million That's contract. 10, a year. 10, 10 million a year. Worth it. To, to stay in Florida. Yeah. And uh, he's he's kind of in the mold of Bergeron with a little more offensive skill, right. honestly. He's, sure. he's a fantastic two-way player. He's a, you know, he's a selkie candidate. Yeah. He's probably a hard candidate. I sure. mean, he's he's a terrific player. Huberto's fantastic. Yeah. You know, they have... Uh, Ekblad, is, Ekblad. Uh, is great. And, and they, you know, a sneaky little pickup with Sam Bennett, who, who was a former fourth overall pick in the league and struggled with Calgary. And he's coming to a really, uh, you know, talented team, mm-hmm. and he's producing. He has four goals already this year. Joe Quinville's down there. He yep. was he was uh, coaching those Blackhawks teams that yep. were really good. So he he uh, knows what he's doing. Yeah, he has them, good. has them pointing in the right direction. So I'll tell you what, I wouldn't put it past them to be in the finals and win the cup. I wouldn't put it past them because Florida is really good, and I'm not sure how 
how many people understand just how good they are. Yeah. And with Joe Quenville, yeah. could be the key to them making the run and winning the cup, honestly. Because they're, they're really, really good. The one thing is Bobrovsky in that. Right. So he, he's had right. stretches where he's been unbelievable. Right. You know, Vezina caliber, right. unbelievable. And yeah. he's also had stretches where he's been awful. Yeah. If he stays consistently good, they'll be a real threat. I, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, they've got all the firepower. Uh, and then Carolina Panthers will be uh, Thursday. The game so on Thursday, yeah. back-to-back. Yeah, back-to-backs on the road. That's a tough. So that'll be a tough one. That's a tough stretch. Two yeah. undefeateds back-to-back. Yeah. And of course, Sebastian Ajo and Taravine and them uh, pose, a, pose a problem. And Although the Bruins have had you know success against yeah, them have, in the playoffs. They have a deep defense, yep. good forward depth. Like we said yep. before, their problem is probably is goaltending. And then they have Florida again on Saturday. Yeah. So really really tough week so it'll be yeah. interesting to see when we do the next episode how the right. Bruins uh, it out. will and I think that this is a week that really will show just how good the Bruins are I mean if they can win two out of three then I think yeah. it's a really good sign if they go in and they lose like three <laughs> then we really might question if they're just behind the top tier of teams to be quite honest with you so this is even though it's early in the year it's a really key and that back to back is hard I mean it's it's three games in four days against two of the best teams in the conference. So yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a, it's a tough stretch for them. So, you know, we'll see how the Bruins do this week. So it was a good first episode of the Bruins Benders podcast, for sure. Uh, three games coming up this week for the Bruins, and we will talk about them and much more. We'll keep an eye on our whipping boys, and we'll keep the stats going on them, and we'll make sure that the Montreal Canadiens continue to be in the bottom three. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for joining us in the first episode of the Bruins Benders podcast. It's Maddie and Smitty, and we'll be back again next week. Every Wednesday night, we'll drop a new episode. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot. Bye.